Hey strangers, welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. As always, I am Kurt and I am here with my lovely co-host, Krista. <laughs> yes, thank you. And we also have a special guest co-host tonight. He is a longtime listener. He is a skeptic. And I feel like I've known him since he was born. <laughs> it is uh, my brother, Corey. You have known me since you were born. I have. So Almost thank like you. I've known you my whole life. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have a guest again. Yeah, this will be our third. We had Joe. Joe sat in. Sure. Jamie, Jamie sat in. And now Corey is our third co-host. And I've known Kurt for, what, over 10 years now? Yeah. And I've heard a lot about Corey. And this is my Uh-oh. first time ever meeting him. Yep. So it's kind of cool. Yep. No, all good stuff. All good stuff. Sure. It has, <laughs> it has been all good stuff. Do we have any... I don't think we have any housekeeping. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could talk about... Because we had quite a few comments on Instagram about my husband's scratches. Oh. And so I just wanted to point out, after we recorded, I think I mentioned I hadn't checked in a while. So that night I went home and I took a picture and there were stu- still two really faint sort of markings on his back that were, you know, had a light scab yeah, on them. Yeah, so, so something... So weird. Have you seen the picture? Yeah, I saw okay. it. Okay. I, I mean, I know Kurt talked about it in the past, too, with his scratches. And yeah, that's I wild. really have no explanation for yeah. that kind of stuff. No. Jim's is weird because he would have known. I mean, they were deep, long scratches. Yeah. He would have known. Yeah, they really were. If he got it outside, he and would have he, known something. He's a skeptic. <laughs> so for him to get really creeped I think Corey, out by Corey's that. a skeptic with a small S, and I think Jim's <laughs> a skeptic with a capital S. Yeah. All caps. All so. caps. <laughs> but I don't know now. So that's the only housekeeping I had was that I did go back home and look and there were still just two faints uh, markings and that would have been almost two weeks later. Did you do a thorough search of every other part? All crevices. (laughs) Nooks and crannies. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) To his delight. Do you have any housekeeping, Corey? I got nothing. Nothing? I'm just glad to be here in the old school media headquarters. Yeah, Corey finally got to see it. The PP Ranch. Yeah. The PP Ranch. (laughs) Triple P Ranch, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they don't want to be PP. Oh, and here's the cars pulling up. Oh, good. Now just showing up now. Everybody else is showing up. They heard we were here, so they're coming to see. Our live studio audience. So, black Tahoe with the windows tinted. Yeah, it's the government. <laughs> they're, they're, on, they're on to us. Uh, do we have shout outs? We do have shout outs. Yeah. Oh, you want me to read those? <laughs> you, can, you, can read, you can read the first one out. Okay, so just the one? The, gonna... the couple. Oh, okay. Chris... We, had a, we had a lot of new... People join the, the strangers, strangers yeah. our closed Facebook group, so you can post there. It's closed, so you can post there without your stuff popping up on everybody's wall. So we have a lot of new people that wanted to join, so we are giving them a shout out today. And I hope that they're not hanging out there with a request, because I I don't always notice it right away. Yeah, so. I, I would Sorry. think we'd get notified when we have requests for the group, no, but we really don't. there's none. You no. just have to notice it when you're on the yeah. page. So anyway... So shout outs to the new strangers, Crystal Best Napier, and I believe her, is it her husband? I think so. Tom yep. Napier, who uh, turned her on to us. He's a fellow podcaster. Uh, Catherine Jenkins, Cole Smith, Casey James. I'm going to skip this one and come back to her. Uh, Bridget. Jerry Doolin, Heather Chambers, and Matt Dunhill. Thank you guys for joining. And special shout out to Bridget Markowski. She is somebody that started following us on Instagram, um, and she's, you know, not like most Instagrammers where they follow you just to get a follow back. She's actually listening to the show, commenting on specific things that we say, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and she also had a suggestion for a topic, which Kurt already had on the list. Yes, it is going to be the Detloff Detloff Pass. Pass. Very interesting story. So thank you guys for joining the strangers. 
We're always happy to have new strangers. And I am going to give a shout out. Uh, like three of our episodes now when I've been researching stuff for it. This week when I was researching, it's the third time that this site has come up in my Google searches. So it is a really good, if you really like the stuff that we talk about, this website basically talks about the same kind of stuff we do. It's it's a it's a journal, an online blog, where the, this girl talks about the same kind of mysterious, strange stuff we talk about. Mm-hmm. Cool. The website is called The Ghost in My Machine, Stories of the Strange and Unusual. It's run by Lucia Peters, and the website is theghostinmymachine.com. Very it's cool. really cool. I love the way that the website looks. So definitely, if you're into the stuff that we talk about, definitely give that website a look because it's definitely worth it. I will do that. Yes. And Corey, you have a uh, shout out? I just got two shout outs, one for my son, Asher, and one for my daughter, Grayson. Uh, I guess the third one for my wife for letting me come out, do this, and ex- enjoy the experience so far. And Love you guys. That's Uncle Kurt. We'll have them on the <laughs> show someday. A long time from now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Do we have any news to talk about you know we posted the the video of from milwaukee of the news yeah the the camera six news had a every time they come back from commercial they do sort of like a one of their tower cams that overlooks downtown milwaukee some or somewhere it could be it's might be on the bradley um it's this clock that's sort of south of downtown um, and this one happened to have like this, what looked like, I describe it as what looked like sperm flying around <laughs> in the sky. It is Milwaukee. It is, I never, I did not think of sperm when Above I saw that. Above downtown. And I thought hu- of fireworks. I thought of when fireworks get done. Sure. Yeah. They're kind of swirling around. And my husband and I were watching it live while it happened. And we both turned and looked at each other and they went back to the news report like nothing ever happened i'm like why is nobody addressing what we just saw on the tv and that's when barry posted it yeah hi barry hi barry <laughs> barry posted it on our facebook group the strangers and there were some opinions about that i th- still think it was seagulls yeah i mean that the general consensus is that it was birds yeah so i guess i could see that but it's still pretty cool it is cool it is interesting that we made the news our news made the news but other than that, uh, we had last week's qu- or last episode's question about the superheroes, why they have their underwear on outside their pants. Mm-hmm. I did some research, and here's what I found. This is according to Gizmodo's article, Why Superheroes Wear Their Underwear on the Outside. According to Julius Schwartz, editor of DC Comics from 1944 to 1986, who edited the most famous of all external underwear superheroes, Superman... This was simply modeled after the garb of aerial circus performers and wrestlers of the era in which the first superheroes donned their underpants over their tights. It should be noted that the wrestlers, circus performers, and superheroes weren't actually wearing underwear, but rather tight underwear-like shorts over their leggings, as superheroes are generally incredibly gifted athletically and perform amazing acrobatic stunts while crime-fighting. It was natural enough for this style of dress to get adopted by the earliest superhero artists for their characters. So they basically base them on like the circus performers. And you know, if you think about it, when they're acrobats, they need to wear stuff that's not quite so constricting. Sure. So that's why they didn't wear underwear. But then I read that if they didn't have anything on other than their tights, <laughs> you know, you would get to see get the whole get show. To, yeah, you get to see the whole fruit bowl, <laughs> basically. Some of, those, some of those situations you don't want to be uh excited (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly so so it was utilitarian and not a fashion statement yes it basically kept everything hunky-dory down there 
So that's <laughs> trying to keep this non-explicit. So that's basically <laughs> Be chasing down villains with uh, chafing going on. Yeah, you yeah, don't want to chafe when that. you're chasing down Doctor Doom and whatnot. So yeah, that's why. It's and almost the, like the person who asked that question stumbled upon that article because that article specifically addresses that question. I, I did see a couple other articles that said it was it was due to the coloring, the coloring of uh, mm. like the process of inking the comic books at the time. That oh. it had something to do with like the color they needed, variance in color. You know what I kind of brought up last time was that it broke Contrast up the outfit, it contrasted the outfit. Yeah. So yeah, we I looked into this more than I really expected to, so I actually read a lot about it. So thank you for whoever asked that question. Unfortunately, this week nobody else asked a question in there, so we have nothing else to answer. But yeah, if you guys have any questions, you can go to our strangers or I don't know exactly where it is, if it's on the strangers or the strange I was session. supposed to post it in the strangers, but I did not yet, so I will this week. Our Wi-Fi connection's not working, otherwise we can confirm that. We can't even really check it anyway. <laughs> So next time, we'll hopefully have another question to answer. So ask away, guys. Anything goes. Otherwise, I can put you guys on the spot if you yeah, want to feel free to ask. Feel free to ask something. All right. How about um, what would be one thing you'd like to go back and solve if you could? Ooh. Uh, it could be anything from unexplained. I mean, obviously the JFK kind of thing, or would you want to go somewhere more paranormal? If you could go back in time and see, since going back in time, yeah, uh-huh. so that is Ooh, that does fit that, that fits day. with today's theme. Nice. If you could go back in time, what would you want to see what happened? Krista, you want to go first? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is Maura Murray because yeah. it's all we talk about. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, I don't know. The JFK thing is pretty intriguing. We're never going to have that answer. Amelia um, Earhart, although some scientists claim yeah. that she or her bones were found. Yep. Hmm. I'm going to go with Maura Murray because yeah. I want to know what happened to her and I don't... There's a big part of me that doesn't want the big stuff answered, like UFOs. I don't want to know if there's UFOs. You know, I don't want definite proof because that just kind of, to me, ruins... Kills the fun. It kills the fun. It ruins <laughs> yeah. the mystery of it. Yeah. I, I'm. that's kind of true. I, there's something about the Maura Murray thing that I, that would be the one that I want to know. Want I want to know what I want closure. I want to mm-hmm. know what happened to her. I want to know who did whatever... Who done it. Yeah. I want to know who done it, and I want whoever done it to get caught... <laughs> Well, something as grandiose as UFOs, even if you did know in a split second, nobody would believe you anyway. No, it's I true. Know. At I least know. with Maura Murray, you'd be able to go and definitively prove here's yeah. where she is. Yeah. 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 My, I, I would go with something smaller, but important. More meaningful. Like, yeah. Like Maura to Murray. To some people, I guess. Yeah. How about you? I probably would have to go with JFK. You know, it really has been one of those things that JFK. I, think, I think shaped a lot of conspiracy theories from that point on till now it totally did that if that's the first big one and now you look at every subsequent one after that as being held to that standard Mm -hmm. that you know it's always a government thing yeah like me and kurt joke around that the government can can't pave roads yeah but all of a sudden they can do all this other stuff yeah they can have 100 people have to keep a secret never tell anybody about it um so i think that one just because it's probably the earliest and the biggest um I just flip-flop on JFK. I mean, there's sometimes where I watch something and I'm like, yes, there was totally, you know, somebody at the grassy knoll. And then there's other times that I'm like, no, it was just Oswald. And that was Mm -hmm. it. Right. I mean, ultimately, that's what I do think. It was was just just, him. And it was three shots or whatever it was. And got lucky and, you know, recreated a couple times. You may not be able to do it again. But, you know, almost even more interesting than JFK, I think, is the Robert Kennedy assassination. 
you know, where where people su- supposedly saw this mysterious girl in a polka dot dress, yep. and they don't know if what's what was his name, Sirhan Sirhan. They thought that he might have been a Manchurian candidate, mind control. Really? Yeah. So I don't I, know. I think that one is about this. that I think that one is almost more interesting than hmm. to JFK. Well, then even after that, even with Martin Luther King, with James Earl yeah. Ray, they say the same thing about yeah. him being a Manchurian candidate and not yeah. knowing what he was doing and. Yeah, but then that basically became what you see now where the school shootings that they say that they're not actually happening and that the people are crisis actors. That's that, insane. That's sort of the Sandy know, Hook thing. I know, but I, I feel like that kind of sprung up from the distrust of what happened with JFK and all that. That's all Alex Jones and his yeah. flock. Yeah. But yeah. So wow, that was deeper than I, <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. We could probably do a whole episode on we're, that. I'm sure we're going to have, we should have a Kennedy's episode. Yeah. Cool. Best of. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's there's so much. And I'm still debating whether or not I want to do a Stephen Avery episode. I know, because right? Because it, it's really close to it's home. It's very close to and home. And I know personally a lot of people that are involved in it. I worked with a lot of those people. Yeah. Well, it's a similar with Amora Murray that you have your people that are staunch defenders of his innocence yeah like the people, people that people jumped that would, on us that for would be willing to you know <laughs> do do harm to him in a heartbeat yeah so, mm-hmm. yeah yeah true i say you do it we should because we should. i never watched i never watched the netflix show oh you didn't no i did not want anything to it do with that because so biased there, there was a lot of stuff that happened with my friends where friends were not talking friends were not talking to their family members mm. it, it got really personal and i knew a lot of people that were involved in a lot of drama over that so but it we was, should because it was very biased and one-sided yeah. i will say that but yeah so but we still sh- very interesting very intriguing i, I was gonna make some joke about uh the uh who drew the penises on the cars from Vandal. American Vandal. <laughs> Krista said she couldn't get into that. No, I only what? watched like the first couple episodes and I just couldn't. I don't know. I'm neat neck deep in Homeland oh, right Corey's now. Of course, taking off up. his microphone and leaving. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> dropping the mic. <laughs> I watched it. I binge watched like the first six episodes and right away I texted Kurt saying that this is going to be right up your alley. Oh, and I loved it. Yep. I thought it was so good. Maybe I'll give it another shot. Right now I'm binge watching Felicity. I can't get enough Felicity. That's like my comfort show. That's my Gilmore Girls. That's my comfort And when people show. hear Felicity, they think it's this dumb I Dawson's watched it. Creek. I thought it was but, good. But, uh, you know, it was it was one of the first things that J.J. Abrams did. So you can see mm-hmm. in there where he, a lot of his future stuff kind of came from. Like the last season of Felicity involves time travel. Really? Yeah. Like she's, she goes back in time and changes things. Huh. Again with our... Tying into today's episode. Ooh, nice. Hint, hint. <laughs> but right now we have this week's taste test. Oh, boy. We actually have a twofer this week. Twofer. We have oh, a yeah, twofer. Because right. we have Corey brought something that he's had. What do we do first? These both are actually kind of similar, believe oh, it or no. not. Mm. This week, our this one's not going to be bad. I think this one is going to be good, but I thought that about the fish bar last Ugh. week that was god-awful. So this week... I just we got are, the chills thinking about that. We bar. are trying another... Living probiotic shots, type of thing, kombucha type like the, thing, like the kimchi that yeah, we did. like okay. the kimchi that was good though. This one is cucumber dill. Oh, it's kefir. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah de- so it's kefir. It's GT's brand. I've had. I've actually had. They have kombucha. Do you have to shake it? I don't Are there know. Chunks in it. From the color, I'm looking more for that salmon bar at this point. <laughs> no, I think it, I think it's going to be okay. Silence is we'll great. Edit, we'll edit this out. We'll edit this out. It says shake gently. Oh, gently. All right. The ingredients are purified water, green cabbage, cucumber, dill, 
sea salt, garlic, kefir cultures, and 100% pure love. Kefir. I think this sounds like something you would put in a Bloody Mary. You can mix that with the kimchi drink and make a really good Bloody Mary. I think it's going to be good because there's a... There's a soda called Mr. Q's. That's a cucumber soda, and I love cucumber soda. Yeah. Okay. You, do you remember the salmon bar we ate? The most yeah, overpowering but I, I've, flavor I've had, was dill. I've, <laughs> no, that was nasty fish dead on the Rotten beach. Rotten fish with dill. Yeah. I think this is going to be good. Cucumber. Right, you can't go wrong with anything cucumber. Did you ever try the Gatorade? Cucumber Gatorade? No. I looked Gatorade for it. Gatorade makes a cucumber? Yeah. Really? I looked for it, and I couldn't find it. CBS. Seriously? I That's where that. I found it last. They have a... You know those Vita? I think they're called Vita or something like that. It's like a... Vita? Uh, yeah, Vita. It's like a water, like a flavored... Yeah. There's one that was cucumber lime. That was hmm. my favorite one. I oh, love, that sounds good. I love anything cucumber. So we're going to try this. It is lightly shaken. Is there a waiver I have to sign? <laughs> <laughs> you can you, just say right now that you do not hold us accountable for any uh, yeah. ill effects you suffer. <laughs> Ready? Ready. Poor Corey's here. Now if it burns a hole through the bottom of that styrofoam cup. Oh, I can smell it. <laughs> it oh, does great. Not, He's it making does not a smell face quite already. as good as I thought. It's actually not bad. That first one we tried smelled really good, and it did not taste good. There's a smell. I'm trying it's, to think of what exactly. It smells like pickle juice. Yeah, but it's got some kind of other. There's something bad, funky in there. It's like pickle, and, and I think it's that cabbage. I think it smells like sauerkraut. Like, I would put this in a Bloody Mary for sure. Yeah, I mean, people I would taste it. People yet. put clam juice in a Bloody Mary. Sure. So, you ready? Bottom no, of Here we go. Uh, oh, it's not bad. Oh, Kurt's tastes, making a face. No, it tastes. It tastes like pickle juice. It, it tastes like pickle juice. With with something <laughs> extra in it. That's not bad. No, I don't think it's. I, I would, would totally add this. I to would a have Bloody it Mary. again. It tastes like it tastes like sauerkraut it's, juice mixed with pickle juice. Yeah, if you took a thing I don't think of, it's bad at all. I think of sauerkraut juice out of a can, mm-hmm. mixed it with a thing of dill pickle That's juice what it out is. of the it can. Definitely tastes There's a like, lot of dill. You can taste mm-hmm. you can definitely taste dill. It's got like a tingle on the tip of the tongue flavor too. Oh, a lot of I don't know. I mean in I don't reality, know. a little tomato, that would be a bloody Mary. Yeah. You think so? One hundred percent. With the celery and everything in it, totally. It's not quite as good as I expected. It's better than I expected. I'm I'm there with Christo. It's better than oh. I thought. All right, Krista, out of 10. I give it like a seven. I actually really like it. Corey? I wouldn't drink it by itself. I would give it an eight. I would have that in a bottle by itself. You would? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to give it a five. I see the value in it. I'm going to give it a five. And I just, it's probiotics. It is, but. I'm not sure it's 100% I don't love know. There's, or whatever was in that ingredients. <laughs> there's, but. There's 100% <laughs> love. Oh, I have to take a picture of the bottle. I'm going to change mine to a six. I'm going to give it a six. Peer pressure. You guys peer pressured me. I'm going to give it a... It's not bad. I just expected... I don't really get a lot of cucumber. I get no, a, there's no cucumber No, I get all. a lot of... I, I expected more cucumber. I get lots of pickle. Oh, that's me. I get a lot of pickle and a little bit of sauerkraut. Yeah, I'm going to give it a six. It's not horrible, but I expect it to be better. And our second of the uh, two is... Corey's actually... Sensing Corey's a fond here. of these. This is... Pickle Archie... Candy. Archie McPhee's pickle candy. Is it hard candy? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It is described as being tasty, dilly, sweet, and briny. <laughs> so we have a theme hear, going here. You don't hear briny too often. So. <laughs> no, not when it comes to uh, hard candy. Corey likes these, so Corey's had them. I believe your expectations going into it are going to be a lot worse than what it's actually going to be. Okay, these it's, remind me of the dish of candy your grandma has on yeah, the yes, coffee table. Yeah. Whenever you go there. The glass like dish the that bridge, nobody like ever eats. Like the bridge mix candy. Yes. 
Maybe that's what it was, the pickle <laughs> one. <laughs> Nobody eats the pickle ones. All right. I got to get in here. Alrighty. I can't even open it. All right. I'm in. You ready? Ready. I already have a feeling Kurt's going to like it. It's, oh, it's not bad at all. No. I think it's good. It's actually really good. Yeah. It's sweeter than I expected. It has a oh, I hint get the of dill. Feel, though. Yeah, yeah. The dill. hint of dill, but it's more of a hard candy kind it's, of. It's less pickle flavored than yep. I expected. I expected it. It's actually pretty good. I like it. I do. I like this too. Add sugar to anything and I'll eat it. <laughs> what do you think? No, it's pretty good. I like 10. it. I'd give it like a like an eight. I'm gonna give it an eight. I think it's good. Let's right. take a picture. Yeah. Pickle on the front, giving a thumbs up. I just like the tin. That's actually really good. I I, I do really, really like good. this. I'm even willing to leave those here for other guests to let them have some. What do you get? Dill pickle. That's adorable. That was. Good question. Where did I get that? It's really good. There's yeah. the there's it's more sweet, and then every now and then there's just a little dill. Taste. Who would have thought to put that together in a hard candy? I've had bacon candy that I expected to be good, bacon and it really candy. wasn't. Yeah. Oh, for a while you couldn't go anywhere without hitting something that had bacon in it. Bacon filling. Yeah, well, the like bacon, bacon toothpicks. on donuts and yeah. bacon and chocolate and. Chocolate covered bacon is good. I've had that. But yeah, it's interesting because when you're kind of breathing, the yeah. essence <laughs> comes back through your nose. Yeah, you dill. get a little bit of dill. All right. Okay, you ready I'm to pickled out? You, yeah. <laughs> you ready to? Uh, <laughs> No comment. Are you ready to uh, jump into the main story? I'm ready. Let's do it. The main story is about John Teeter, the supposed time traveler. Okay. Corey's actually, Corey and I actually were into this like way back because we were talking on the ride here that I think we were actually kind of like around when it started. Well, I used to work nights and driving at work. all you could really get was local stations and music can only go so far that mm-hmm. you get to AM stations and Art Bell was on and listen to that for three or four hours, however long it was. I want to say I almost listened to it live as it happened because I've been there so long that I remember this plain as day. That's interesting for a skeptic. You listen to Art Bell. Well, it's more like of I a- said, Corey's, Corey's he, I think he can I think he calls himself a skeptic, but I think he's. But you're interested. He's, he's fascinated interested. by paranormal yeah. stuff, but I don't think he truly believes in the paranormal stuff. No, there's UFOs, no. Bigfoot, no. All these major conspiracies, no. But I like to read about them. Yeah. I don't know what that makes me or whatever. Curious. But makes yeah. me curious. And Art Bell has some weird people on there. Yeah. I think now it's George Norrie or if he's mm-hmm. even around anymore. Yeah. I don't know. But It is. It still is. is. It? Mm-hmm. All right. The first trace of what would become known as the John Teeter story happened on July 29th, 1998, when Art Bell, the host of Coast to Coast AM, read a fax on air that he had received. The fax was from someone who claimed to be a time traveler. The fax partly said, quote, time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. 
When you turn your Singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. In other words, a whole new universe is created. The author of the facts went on to say, It was discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 2564. Everyone who has ever been there has reported that nothing exists. When the machine is turned off, you find yourself surrounded by blackness and silence. Now, most time travelers are trying to find out where the line went bad by going into the past, creating a new universe, and proceeding forward to see if the same thing results in 2564. I love how it talks about it like this is a thing. This I is know. what people are doing. It appears the line went bad around the year 2000. I'm here now in this time to test a few theories of mine sure, before right going before forward. Right? Right before 9-11. A second fax was sent to Art Bell. I have been on Oh, the, this is a fax? This is, these are faxes. I missed that part. Okay. I have been on this world line since April of this year, and I plan to leave soon. Typically, time travelers do not purposely affect the world lines they visit. However, this mission is unusually long, and I've grown attached to some of the people I have met here. Anyway, for my own reasons, I have decided to help this world line by sharing information about the future with a few people in the hopes that will help your future. I am contacting you for the same reason. Unfortunately, your radio program does not exist in my world line. I realize my claims are a bit difficult to accept, so I will send the following once I know you have received this fax. I will send a few pages from my operation manual of my time machine and a few colored photographs of my vehicle. No further faxes were received, and the story of the supposed time traveler was forgotten. I'm already skeptical. So that is, that's kind of where the seed of this whole thing started. Two years later, on the message board for a website called Time Travel Institute, and on the coast-to-coast message board called Post-to-Post, someone with the username Time Traveler Zero posted the following. Greetings. I am a time traveler from the year 2036. I am on my way home after getting an IBM 5100 computer system from the year 1975. My time machine is a stationary mass temporal displacement unit manufactured by General Electric. The unit is powered by two top-spin dual-positive singularities that produce a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. I will be happy to post pictures of the unit. What is that? He's going to post pictures of his unit? He's going to post pictures of his unit. And this is where the John Teeter story starts. What do you think so far? A typical Art Bell uh, caller. <laughs> crazy, yeah. crazy caller. Yeah, either Looney Tunes or... He was able to send it by fax, so that's always good. Now, before we go into this, this is one of those things that people get obsessed with. I mean, when you do Google searches on this, there is so much stuff about it, and people that get into this really get into this. Okay. They build websites around this. So They've people, gone down the rabbit hole. People have gone down the rabbit hole, and there is a big rabbit hole to go down with this story. Okay. I mean, people are obsessed with this. Just to clarify that if you think you can go online and look at his photos that he submitted, they're not the best quality. No, because it was back from... Yeah, you can't see his unit, and you can't see you know a whole lot of his diagrams. They're all like really faint and either you know copied over hundreds of times. Yeah, by the time you guys listen to this, I'll have posted on... The Strange Sessions Facebook page. I'll post the pictures that he has come out with, but some of them are actually. So he did finally because he said. Oh yeah, he was there's going there's to. a bu- there's a bunch of different okay. pictures. Uh, you know, he posted like the picture of his logo from his unit that he was from in the future. Uh, he posted like the schematics of the how the time machine works. Yeah, it was like his insignia patch yeah. from whatever core he was he in. He posted that picture of the laser beam. Yeah. In the car, there's a picture where he's like shooting a laser pen, like the kind I bug my cat with. You know what I'm saying? 
he's like shooting one of those in the car and you can see that the light beam is bending the laser beam is bending because of the magnetic effects of the time machine in the car hmm. yeah so he's he's posted quite a few different different pictures did it look like a delorean no but we're gonna get to, okay. we're gonna get into that so yeah this is where the john teeter story starts Teeter claimed he was a member of a military unit living in the future in Florida. Teeter claimed to come from a world that had been nearly destroyed by selfishness, cynicism, corrupt government, and had been ravaged by nuclear war. He claimed to be part of a seven-member team who were being sent back in time to retrieve items that would help them fix and restore things in their present time. Teeter was sent back to the year 1975 to retrieve a computer, and then he made a stopover in 2000 for personal reasons. He claimed that he was sent back to 1975 to pick up an IBM 5100 computer. The IBM 5100 was a 55-pound movable computer with a built-in keyboard, 5-inch display, and tape drive, and was powered by a 16-bit processor. So, it's... Fine piece of machinery. It's a fine piece of machinery. Why that? We'll get to that. Okay. It was the first mass-produced semi-portable computer. <laughs> yeah, 55 pounds, I would call that <laughs> Tried semi-portable. <lugging> <laughs> he claimed he needed the computer because what little remained of their technology was threatened by a looming Unix timeout error that would happen in the year 2038, and that computer he was sent to get had a secret feature that would help fix the problem. We need the system to debug various legacy computer programs in 2036, he said. Unix has a problem in 2038. The Unix timeout, by the way, is a very real thing. A timeout error is caused by the way computers count system time. They count time not by actual dates, month, days, or years like we do, but rather by seconds. The problem is that computers have a limit to how high they can count. So when they reach that limit, problems will occur. At 3.14.07 UTC on Tuesday, January 19th, 2038, computers running Unix will encounter something called a 32-bit overflow. From that point, the date on these machines will be interpreted as 1901. This will cause operating systems and software to crash unless we successfully prevent it from happening. So is this like... It's basically like Y2K. I mean, it's, okay. it's almost like the exact same thing as Y2K. But is this Unix like supporting our electrical grid? Like, Unix supports a lot of... Yeah, most of the computers now run Unix. Yeah, okay. a, lot of, a lot of stuff is run on Unix. So it would um, be a huge devastating thing. Yeah, like so the Unix timeout thing is something that's going to happen. You know, you gonna, like like Y2K supposedly was going to... And you're going to get into why it was, why he needed the IBM yeah, 5200? Yeah, I'm going right. to get into that. That's, that's actually one, I think, one of the more interesting things, of the mm-hmm. parts of the story. So he needed to get this computer because this Unix error was going to cause everything to crash in 2038. So Teeter was sent back to get the IBM 5100, which would somehow circumvent the problem. He claimed that his time machine was a stationary mass temporal displacement unit powered by the two top spin dual positive singularities, and it was installed in the rear of a 1967 Chevy Corvette convertible and later moved to a 1987 four-wheel drive Chevy Suburban. If you're going to have that, you have it in style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Suburban is a step down, though. Well, that's the thing. He, he said he didn't want, you can't really. Be covert. Yeah, you got to kind of be covert. Sure. Gotcha. Teeter went on to say, the basics of time travel will begin at CERN around 2001 when they announced their ability to create micro-singularities or mini black holes, and it'll end in 2034 with the building of the first official time machine. Wait, when did that start? 2001. 
When did they start the whole Hadron Collider thing? It was, that was a, way it was, after that. No, it was a it was in the two thousands. Yeah, was it? CERN started doing work on the Hadron Collider right around that. Okay. I, I know it's somewhere in his kind of stuff correlates. In somewhere in Teeter's I'm only going to be reading a bit of what he said because he answered a lot of people's stuff. He answered a lot of stuff. But somewhere in there, he he was talking about CERN and discovering black holes. And he said something about it being in that circular thing, which is the Large Hadron, Hadron Collider, Collider because it's yeah. a circular thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting that he didn't know the real name for it. I think he probably did. Maybe I just can't remember exactly what <laughs> okay. he said. He said, the unit I have is called a GEC204 Gravity Distortion Unit. It's about five feet long and two feet by two feet square. The C204 unit is accurate from 50 to 60 years a jump and travels at about 10 years an hour at 100% power. During operation, the C204 is usually placed inside a vehicle. The gravity field generated by the unit overtakes you very quickly. You feel a tug towards the unit, similar to rising quickly in an elevator, and it continues to rise based on the power setting. Outside, the vehicle appears to accelerate as light is bent around it. After that, it appears to fade to black and remains totally black outside the vehicle until the unit is shut off. Was it moving? Uh, no. It, it was like you would park the car and it would disappear. Okay. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure why he said the vehicle appears to accelerate. Yeah. Because it, it's a park. The vehicle is parked. Okay. According to Teeter, time travel is not really a straight line because every time you use the machine to go into the past, you create a new timeline that splits off from the original timeline. I've heard that. Teeter called these timelines world lines, and the new branches that split off from the world lines are called divergences. Simply by traveling back, he said, he had created a new world line, lightly different from the one he grew up in. He said that he already noticed some changes, and this is a quote from him, news events that happened at different times, football games won by other teams, things like that. He put the temporal divergence between this world line and his own at 1 or 2% difference, but he warned, the longer I am here, the larger that divergence becomes. The time machine has a sort of limit of 60 years one way or the other, because anything more than that will result in wildly changing divergences. So basically it's like, a parallel universe thing. Definitely sounds like he knows what he's talking about. But yeah. at the same time, he seems like he's covering his bases for any reason that anybody would be that's, able that's to... That's basically what everybody says. He's mm-hmm. giving himself an out that if stuff doesn't happen the way he says, he could be, oh, that's because it's a... It's not because I was wrong. It's because it's, it's a, a divergence. Line, a world line. Mm-hmm. In Teeter's words, imagine your path through time is through a cone. The farther away from the center of the cone, the more differences you will see in the world line. The C204 begins to break away at about 60 years. This means that the level of confidence drops rapidly after 60 years of travel and the world line divergence increases. However, the longer the unit is on past the safe divergence confidence, the stranger the world line becomes. What if I told you I did go forward to your 2036 and it looks nothing like mine? It is quite possible. If I go forward on this world line, the future will not be my future. That's just parallel universe. Yeah, it's basically parallel universe. You know, we talked about that in the past, in uh, I think our reality episode, we talked mm-hmm. about the parallel universe stuff. According to Teeter, the car with the unit is parked somewhere inconspicuous and the time unit is activated. Teeter said, quote, the time machine does not move as it goes from one world line to another and then returns. 
The people watching on the original world line would wave goodbye and watch as the machine is turned on. There would be a static discharge and the air would appear to ripple as if it were getting denser. Then it would stop and the machine will have appeared to have disappeared. Like anybody that watches Doctor Who, it's kind of like when the TARDIS <laughs> takes off. Yeah. You know, it's there one second and then it fades out and it's gone. So from November 2nd, 2000 until March 24th, 2001, Teeter answered people's questions about Teeter himself, time travel, and the future. He did say that there were big events coming that he could not reveal or discuss, but he did answer a lot of people's posted questions. So what do you think so far? You think... I don't know. I mean, it's not like he's coming out there and saying, you know, in 2010, everybody has to buy Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. just doing stuff that, yeah. you know. Keeping it vague. He's yeah. keeping it very vague, which is and then covering his bases. Uh, covering his everything. bases with the parallel universe, with the divergence things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's I mean he sounds to, smart. Sure. I think we'll get to that later yeah. as yeah. to why he sounds like he's knowledgeable. Yeah. But even... You know, Doctor Who has obviously been on for a long time, yeah. and it was on prior to John Teeter. So I wonder, message boards in the early days of Usenet or whatever Com- had people talking comparisons. about it, and, then and it was Back to the Back to the Future was obviously know. a, a mm-hmm. Where you popular could movie the at the time. Of the yeah, future. so you could see that it, it formed kind of this whole story. Hmm. So some of the predictions that Teeter talked about. He said in 2001, CERN would first create miniature black holes forming the basis for time travel, which we talked about. He said in 2004, civil unrest would develop around the U.S. presidential election. He said 2004 is the last year the Olympics would occur and that they would possibly return in the year 2040. As we're just on the heels of the last Olympics, okay. (laughs) He said in 2005, the seeds of an American civil war are planted. He said, quote, I would describe it as having a Waco-type event every month that steadily gets worse. The conflict flares up and down, but the year 2008 was a general date when everyone realized the world they were living in was over. When the civil conflict got worse, people generally decided to either stay in the cities and lose most of their civil rights under the guise of security, or leave the cities for more isolated and rural areas. The conflict will consume everyone in the U.S. by 2012. Which we all know has come and gone. Yep. Yep. In 2015, he said Russia launches a nuclear strike against the major cities in the United States. What year? 2015. Okay. <laughs> a short but violent World War III proceeds that kills nearly 3 billion people. The country's capital is then moved to Omaha since Washington, D.C. is destroyed. Why Omaha? <laughs> in the middle, in the middle of, the of the country. That's in the middle of the country. Sure. Out in the middle. Of, Shortly yeah. after the war, the United States splits into five separate regions based on various factors and military objectives, each of the five regions having its own president. In 2034, the first time machine is built by GE, and in 2036, Teeter travels back in time to acquire the IBM 5100. And I suppose his explanation for none of those things happening is that in a, a different, different universe... Teeter, Teeter believers say that... He's in a different time. Because line. he talked about this stuff, that that is what prevented a lot of this stuff from happening. Except most of us don't even know who he, who he is or what he yeah. predicted. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that he actually believed this, but if you go back to the time that he was in, if you had to pick one country that you think in the future we'd get into a world war with, I think everybody would have thought Russia. Russia. Yeah, but back yeah. then, but Nowadays, then, you know, the, but then we had North things Korea. were good with Russia, and <laughs> yeah. now things are kind of iffy again with Russia. And then if we, you know, predicted now in 18 years who we would get into a war with, would people say 
North Korea, yeah. right. or they say yeah. Russia. China, anyway, yeah. So I, you know, we'll get we'll get into that. I mean, a these little are bit he's more. saying some really specific yeah. things. We'll get that in, we'll get into that a little bit have more. Have not happened, obviously. So these are some of the. Uh, he's uh, he's on these message boards and people are asking him questions and he's doing his best to answer like everybody's questions. So these are some of the questions that he answered. Somebody said, "Can you tell us what 2036 is like?" He said, "In 2036, I live in Florida with my family and I'm currently stationed at an army base in Tampa. I was born in 1998, so I do share some childhood memories with all of you. Life in my time is centered more on the family and then the community." Wait, 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 wait. He was born in 1998? Yeah, because... But this all came out in like 2000? Yeah, because he, he came, came, back, back, in came time. back in time. He came back in time. Weird. He talked about seeing himself, like hanging out with himself as a baby. <laughs> because you can do that with their version of... Yeah, according to Back to the Future, you can't do that. No, but in in, Titer's, <laughs> in Teeter's world, you can. Because okay. you can because it creates a, a world line, a different world line. So there's not causality, sure. time effects and whatnot. Wibbly wobbly time stuff. story. Go on. He says, I cannot imagine living even a few hundred miles away from my parents. People spend more time talking to each other and their neighbors. I only notice the same effect here when the power goes off. There is a lot more personal trust and a lot less paranoia. There is no large industrial complex creating masses of useless food and recreational items. Food and livestock are grown and sold locally. People spend much more time reading, and religion is taken seriously. Everyone can multiply and divide in their heads. These are not the things I want to know about. Are there flying cars? <laughs> well, I don't, like, this is all farming. really sort of farming. generalized, like, yeah, we get along. And I'd say if you look at everything he just said, that it's the complete opposite of what it is now. Yeah. Oh, sure. It's very, I mean, it's very true. Totally. People always have their tablets or their phones, yeah. and they're yep. not discussing anything amongst themselves. I'd say religion is going... The opposite direction. People are looking more to. Yeah, he brings that up. Technology, other stuff he talks about too. Kids are using their phones to do basic multiplication. Uh, Somebody asked him, "What can you tell us about our immediate future?" He says, "Since I will eventually be leaving this world line, I could easily tell you all sorts of things that would happen in the next few years. Unfortunately, your world line is already two percent different from mine, and there's no way to give you absolute facts about your future events." When the day comes for my, quote, prediction, unquote, to be realized, it may happen or it may not. In fact, the information I give you will allow someone to affect the outcome based on the prediction itself. If what I say does happen, then your ability to judge your environment is crippled by your acceptance of me as a prophet. If I am wrong, then everything I said might possibly have made you think about your world in a different way is suddenly discredited. I do not want either. You are able to change your world line just as I am. Can you stop the civil war before it gets here? Sure. Will you do it? Probably not. I'm picturing some, this is going to sound terrible, tree-hugging hippie stoner, <laughs> living in his mom's basement, typing away on his computer, maybe in his underwear. I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> none of this is very, it's all, oh, I can't tell you this because of this, and I can't do this because of that, and if I do this, then this will happen, so I can't. Yeah, he strikes me as he'd be that one of those guys that would go on there and shout it to the rooftops. If he was right... But if he was wrong, he would just be like, oh, it's world, well, here, world the next, the next yeah, question, it's a new world line. The next question kind of, kind of deals with that. Uh, somebody asked him, does the ability to know what's going to occur help convince people that you're a time traveler? He says, consider that you're a time traveler who goes back in time to the first week of February 1970. What do you remember right now about the second week of February 1970? Which is a really good point. 
you know, if I went back to 2008, which wasn't that long ago, I wouldn't, I don't really know what's going to happen when. Yeah, you know? as long as you have a frame of reference, you could always, then memories, I think, would start to flood back as. Yeah, but I feel like it would be. I feel like if you were doing something like that, you'd be recording down the big historical things that were. Yeah, I mean, you place. would have to be if you were, you know, according to journaling. Te- according to Teeter, not everybody can just waltz back in time from the time that he's from. It's just these people. You have to have like really special uh, security clearance, special knowledge to go back in time. Not just anybody can do it. If your so dad the only was reason a time traveler, we, training, <laughs> you know, possibly <laughs> like astronaut training where you have to pass psychological like G-forces, G-forces. Not, not like that, but like. But like you know, if you, you know, going to like Star Trek with their prime directive where you can't interfere with a, a society's Just new world growth. line. Why would it matter? I, I know. So it'd I know. be like elite military kind of thing. I'm finding myself being a teeter defender here. So, <laughs> but then, you know, he says, naturally the conflict in Vietnam and the Middle East came up, but as someone has already stated here, that wouldn't be any more convincing than it is now. I suppose I could predict the future of the Apollo 13 spacecraft, but since time travel is ridiculous, I would be blamed for t- sabotage of the craft, which is true. You know, like, say you go back in time and you warn them about 9-11. You're going to get arrested because you have knowledge of this thing. So if you go back in time, do you really want to say that? Because I wouldn't you- warn them about something like that if that's what, why we're afraid of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd talk about some kind of natural disaster or something that you could possibly well, not have any kind of influence and over. I suppose it makes sense that he couldn't warn about, say, like 9-11. Yeah. Because world events in the future rely on that yeah. as a rallying cry. Or, you know, for the people that did it against us, it it's like a martyrdom kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he could also say where he came from, 9-11 didn't happen. So he has no knowledge mm-hmm. of it. So, I mean, with his the way that the world lines and divergences in a story are, that kind of gives him an out for any... Sort sure. of. You can be 100% right and 100% wrong. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and somebody asked him, what surprises you the most about our time period? And he says, I like the incredible freedom you have, but I see it as a trap. The cost is the loss of your sense of connection with family and community. Yes, you can self-actualize your ambitions, but at what cost to the people around you or people that are yet to be born? The incredible availability of art, literature, and limitless resource is hardly taken advantage of as you sit in front of your TVs all day. So there's some of your hippie, you know. not really wrong with that. No, No, he's he's not not wrong at all. He's He's 100% right. But if he was born at the same time, kind of we were, you could kind of see that coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets I mean, the internet was just kind of coming around for wide yeah wide use cell phones yep i really like this candy <laughs> it's actually really good more of it you still have it yeah Mine's i'm still sucking gone. on it yeah next yeah. <laughs> is, is there anything you want us to know before you return to 2036 he I'm says i'm a big fat liar he says no. wow you're really not for <laughs> i know i'm not into him at all <laughs> he says one very disturbing thing i have noticed about your society is your blind acceptance of what you are told do you really think the news industry doesn't have an agenda do you really think those hamburgers you stuff into your body are safe? Here's the thing. Okay, he was born in 19, what, 98? He was alive for all of this, Yeah, but he was though. a kid. I mean, he was young during all this. He was a teenager when he, it was like, now he'd be a teenager. So how, why is he so shocked by how, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not like he came <laughs> from the year 3000. If he's a teenager now, I guarantee you he's got a cell, cell phone, phone and he's rocking a PS4. Right. And he's using all the stuff that he apparently abhors. Uh, somebody asked him about giving concrete future events, and he said, 
Although I do have personal reasons for being here and speaking with you, the most I am hoping for is that you recognize the possibility of time travel as a reality. You are able to change your world line for better or worse, just as I am. This is just like a public service message. Like, (laughs) be better people. Put on your phones and connect with your neighbor. That's all I'm getting out of any of this, which is not, there's nothing bad with that. Oh, but why do you have to cloak it in some kind of time travel? Well, otherwise, like people probably aren't going to listen to you unless it's, you have a fascinating story behind it. It's like it. those environmental movies that portray themselves as like thrilling, but like the day after tomorrow, mm. where it just talks about you got to do what you can do now to stop global warming right. and yeah. food banks. Yeah. So basically, that I mean, he answered all these questions and then he was gone again. Uh, Corey and I were talking about that ever since that there's been all these there's like a John Teeter 2 now out there there is a for a while there was somebody claiming to be his uh, superior in his army that was coming back in time looking for him because he had gone rogue I could claim to be his daughter (laughs) yeah so there's there's a lot of that stuff so basically now we come to theories and there are two theories First theory, John Teeter was a time traveler. Sure. Some things that <laughs> are interesting. First one is the 5100 computer that he came back in time to get. In 2004, three years after Teeter vanished from the internet, IBM announced that the computer did have a secret function. According to Bob Dupke, the second engineer on IBM's 5100 team, that secret function was his contribution to the design of the computer. At a time when computers could only support the basic programming language, the IBM 5100 had the ability to debug and emulate code between a variety of programming languages. IBM suppressed knowledge of this function because of worries of how their competition might use it. Even if the function weren't hidden, however, the general public, especially around 2000 and 2001, would barely know that this computer even existed. It is believed that, at this time, less than 20 people knew about this secret feature. And if the Unix timeout of 2038 really will be a serious problem, the 5100 would be the machine that would be able to debug or reverse engineer the computer code to fix the problem. So it was pretty much the Rosetta Stone of the three current computer languages in one. Yeah. Right. So if you needed to go back for a 50-pound or 33-pound computer, makes sense that you need that one that can talk in three different languages. There is some conflicting reports of how big of a secret this actually was. That's what I was going to say. It's interesting that he had knowledge yeah. of it before his IBM released that. supporters will like say that only 20 people knew, yeah. and then his detractors will say that, oh, it was a common knowledge among... Well, some detractors... Maybe he worked for IBM. Uh, some detractors said that you could, uh, knowing what that computer did, you should be able to figure out that it had the capability... Of doing this, but even then, it's kind of an obscure computer. I was going to say, how many were made? You know, that's when when people, a lot of people that claim he was a time traveler, kind of talk about this. This is like one of the big ones that the fifty one hundred did have this secret feature. Okay. Also, some of his predictions seem strangely accurate. In two thousand one, Teeter said there would be a devastating breakout of deaths from Creutzfeldt Jakob disease or CJD the human variant of mad cow disease. That's in very 2000, specific. In 2003, two years after Teeter's post, the USDA announced the first documented case of mad cow in the United States amid claims that the government was suppressing the true extent of the problem. And ag- again, his uh, detractors could say this is basically just 
guessing at something that you know because this uh, CJD had start or the mad cow stuff had started to show up in Europe and in other mm-hmm. countries. So yeah. his detractors say that this is just extrapolating a predicting, a, a predicting someone's going to travel gonna somewhere and bring it back. At that time, you know, the news 24-hour news cycle wasn't as prevalent as it is now. So maybe people knew about it in Europe or, you know, whatever uh, John Teeter's past ancestry was. Maybe he knew people over there or based on That's where he possible. worked. That's very possible. And he may have known, you know, that it was going on there and it was just a matter of time before it happened here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also in 2000, Teeter declared, quote, the basics for time travel start at CERN in about a year. Six months later, new stories emerged announcing that scientists at CERN in Switzerland were confident that its new atom smasher would create many black holes, the same kinds of singularities John Teeter claimed to use in his time machine. Wasn't that speculated for a long time, though? When did, yeah, they, when yeah. did CERN start talking about that they were even building the Hadron Collider? Yep. And speculation was already there before they started completed the project that they could create a mass you know black hole and destroy the earth yep in 2001 a teeter forecast that china was quote pretty close to putting a man in orbit it shouldn't surprise you if they do that soon in october 2003 china became the third nation to put a man in orbit again this could be you know if they're getting close <laughs> to do if they're getting close to doing it you can say uh you know where he says uh it shouldn't surprise you if they do that soon. I mean, that's just kind of saying, eh, it could happen. That's me, like yeah. me saying, I, I feel like North Korea at some point is going to launch a nuclear weapon. Yeah. Again, it's one of those predictions that if you would have said the Ivory Coast is going to be close, or yeah. Ethiopia is going to be close to putting a man on the moon, and they do it, yeah, that'd something be different. Right? Thumbs, up, <laughs> something different than thumbs up to John. <laughs> this next one is always pointed out as a big one. Teeter implied that weapons of mass destruction would not be found in Iraq. In a posting in early 2001, months before 9-11 or any public discussion of an invasion of Iraq, Teeter said, quote, None of the things I have said should be a surprise. They were set in motion 10, 20, or even 30 years ago. Are you really surprised to find out that Iraq has nukes now, or is that just BS to whip everyone up into accepting the next war? And a lot of people said that one is really... It doesn't sound like you know, we were, they we, don't. This, no, this wasn't even... This was pre-9-11. This was before there was anything with Iraq. And he brings up the fact that, you know, Iraq having nukes is BS. So a lot of people say that this is really a strong... It's a 50-50 question. I yeah. Mean, it's not yeah, like he... He kind of says, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think you are defending. I, I'm, you I'm, are. I'm, I am... <laughs> you devil's advocate I am taking today. the devil's advocate on this maybe one. I, I am, think we're the devil's advocate. <laughs> I am... I, I am Kurt's John Teeter the second. <laughs> John Teeter the third. No, I'm, I'm just... Defend, I see you guys are obviously yeah. anti, so I'm taking the pro teeter. I guess we can't I mean, all rain a, on his parade. It's a hell of a story, yeah. but it's at, at the end of it. I don't know. I was, I was, I, the two things that impressed me were the thing with the computer, even though all this stuff has, you know, flaws that you can figure out, you know, everything has flaws, but I'm really impressed with the computer having the secret function that people didn't know about. And I'm impressed by when he said, are you really surprised to find out that Iraq has nukes now, or is that just BS to whip up everyone into accepting the next war? But like you guys said, the way he phrases that question, you know, he says, are you really surprised to find out that Iraq has nukes now, which would work if Iraq had nukes? Or... or yeah, so, I mean, basically, that's he's right either way with that. Well, and you're giving him a thumbs up for two prognostications that were right, but don't forget that he said <laughs> many, the World Olympics, War III. Yeah, the Olympics, the Olympics canceled. 
So there was a lot of things he got wrong that were, I mm-hmm. guess what you call, quote-unquote, big-ticket items. I agree. But he was right with those two. In one of Teeter's posts, he randomly wrote the question, care to share with me how you solve the overheating problem on your space plane? Many people believe Teeter was alluding to the Columbia Space Shuttle disaster that happened three years later in 2003, where all seven crew members died. A piece of foam struck the shuttle's wing during takeoff, leading to superheated air breaching the wing during reentry and the destruction of the craft. And that one's interesting. A lot of people point out that he called it a space plane instead of the space shuttle. How? What happened with the Challenger? Because I was in grade school. When yeah, that I happened. an O-ring. Yeah, so I think it's like a faulty O-ring or something rockets. like that. Yeah. Okay. Because it was too cold, and they never was it. They never tested it at a certain temperature. I I think that this this one too is strange. The care to share with me how you solve the overheating problem on your space plane. But again, uh, that's something that, that makes it sound like so corny. Like he, I know, but right. you know, if you, like he doesn't know it's called a space shuttle. If you come from the future and you don't really remember what it's called, it looks like a space plane, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I I wish I I had a fourth person here that was on my side with us. We'll bring Joe in next time because he'd be all over this. this. Not that I want to defend him by any stretch too, but I mean, we really, for all the talk about space shuttles and trips to the moon or Mars or wherever, really haven't gone that much. No, I know. Space shuttles nowadays where it wasn't the late 60s, it was like the thing, yeah. and it covered your news cycles, hours, days, weeks, months on end. Mm-hmm. Now you have SpaceX throwing rockets up every other week. Well, that's because the Earth is flat. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's of course. that one guy, Mike, what's his name? Yeah, the guy that wanted to take it up there. But yeah, I, I mean, I totally, I totally get that. But I'm just saying, if somebody came from the future that, you know, had a brain fart and couldn't remember it was a space shuttle, he'd call it a space plane because it looks like a space plane. Maybe it was autocorrected. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. It could have been. So those are some of his predictions that were sort of kind of right. Eh. (laughs) Not buying it. Sort of. I'm selling it. You guys aren't buying it. Define sort of kind of. And a third thing here under John Teeter actually being a time traveler, and this one is pretty all over the internet. You're going to find us everywhere. Is that John Teeter is Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there goes Krista with her sigh. Krista with the sigh and the eye roll. And he just tweeted the other uh, day that he's like really smart. <laughs> yes. Like really now, smart. Now, I'm not saying I buy this, but I think this is a really cool story. Uh, Donald Trump's uncle, John Trump, was an MIT professor that was selected by the National Defense Research Committee to make sense of inventor Nikola Tesla's notes after Tesla's death in 1943. Hmm. These notes are rumored to have included Tesla's calculations and plans for building a time machine, which John Trump allegedly passed down to his nephew, Donald Trump. In the future, there is some sort of huge cataclysmic event or looming event, usually reported as a nuclear war started by us, North Korea, Russia, China, or ISIS. This event causes Donald Trump to use the notes to create a time machine and go back in time to avert the upcoming nuclear war. No matter what he tries to do, every time Trump returns to the future, the war still happens. I feel like if Trump had a time machine, he'd be going back and undoing all those dumb things he's saying all the time. (laughs) Finally realizing what he needs to do, Trump once more goes back to the past, amasses a fortune using his knowledge of the future, gets his face and name out there in the media so that people become familiar with him, and he runs for and becomes the president of the United States to avert the event in the future. Donald Trump has used the alias John Barron and John Miller, so him using the name John Teeter isn't out of the question. On the night Donald Trump was nominated in Cleveland, there are photographs and videos of lightning hitting the Trump Tower in Chicago, signaling to some that the time machine had either been activated or destroyed. 
or Thor shows up. Or Thor shows up. In some of the reports I read, it, it said that John Trump, the one that looked at Tesla's notes, was actually the one that went into the future, that built the time machine and went into the future and came back and told Donald Trump about what was... So they're saying Trump actually went back. I'm not getting that like Terminator, John Connor, <laughs> no. Rambo kind of vibe. From yeah, Trump? Uh, no, yeah, but Trump, right. Trump, he dodged the draft a couple of times. I don't think he's going willing to go back in the time and I'm not sure his ramble his way it. through. Hey, I'm not saying I buy the uh, <laughs> I buy the teeter as Donald Trump story, but I think it's cool. Have you seen what his hair does when he gets like on or off a plane? Could you imagine it <laughs> during time travel? That would be a travel? great movie. <laughs> that would be a great movie. I think that's I think it's a cool story. I like the fact that he came back in the past several times to try to stop the nuclear war from happening. And so some of the stuff that I, I researched online said that several times he killed Hillary Clinton, but every time, no matter, no matter what, back. no matter what he did, if she was president, we would be decimated by this nuclear war. So he did all this stuff in order to become president in order to avert the upcoming nuclear war. Why would Hillary Clinton cause us to go to nuclear I don't know. war? I don't know. But that, that's politics. Yeah. It, that's, that's one of the, the stories. That's as deep as we're getting in politics. <laughs> it's as deep as we're getting, but I like that John Teeter is Donald Trump. And theory number two, John Teeter is a hoax. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> in 2004, a computer engineer named Marlon Pullman filed a patent for a time travel machine that back-engineered concepts in the Teeter posts. This started people speculating that Pullman himself was the original Teeter poster. Shortly afterwards, he was arrested for drugging and sexually assaulting four women. So, got get that going for him. Yeah, get that time machine going, buddy. Go back and stop himself <laughs> from doing that. But that, that was one of the first people that were kind of accused of being Teeter. On September 16th, 2003, the John Teeter Foundation is established as a limited liability for profit corporation in Florida. The website, johnteeterfoundation.com, was also started. And they published and sold a book called John Teeter, A Time Traveler's Tale, which is essentially a copy of the message board posts in book form. They also sold other Teeter merchandise. That's original. <laughs> Can you do that? In 2006, a lawyer named Larry Haber, who claimed to represent Kay Teeter, a woman alleging to be John's mother, contacted George Nori, the host of Coast to Coast AM. An interview followed between Nori and Kay, with Haber acting as the phone go-between. Then, in 2008, Italian investigative TV show Voyager looked into the story, hiring a private eye to locate the folks behind the John Teeter Foundation, and a search led back once again to the lawyer Larry Haber, who was listed as the company's CEO. In 2009, a report by John Houston of the Hoax Hunter website named Larry Haber and his brother Maury Haber, a computer scientist, as the men behind John Teeter. In a side-by-side -side writing analysis, John Teeter's writing style seemed to highly match Maury Haber's mm. writing style. We're on to something. Yeah, I also read that there, some of their speech was uh, similar. similar yeah. words they used that yep. normal people uh, Phrases that they would yeah. use. yeah. And in an email to Houston, Arthur Haber, another Haber brother, states, quote, I did ask Larry the original intention of this whole thing. He said it was done for fun and amusement, something small and simple that took on a life of its own. This was a controlled hoax. And when I rewind these years, I think somewhere it was said, let's see how far the Internet will take this thing. 
And here we are in 2018 talking about it. Multimedia artist and ARG creator Joseph Matheny claims that he was an original consultant for the John Teeter Project, which he says was to be a postmodern storytelling effort using the internet to create folklore for the new millennium. However, Matheny claims he left the project at a relatively early point and has no idea how Larry Haber got involved. The original two faxes sent to Coast to Coast is believed to have been created by Matheny as a rough draft of what would become the Teeter story. Hmm. So it almost sounds like they pre-planned putting it out there, waiting a few years to see if it generates buzz, and then try to recoup money by having a book, having movies, having a TV show spinoff, you know, all kinds of different money from it. You know what happens when you make stuff up on the internet? Slender Man. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) But of course, there are people out there who think that there is more to the story, believing that Teeter was a real time traveler and the Habers are acting on his request to stop people from looking into him further, affecting the future timeline or trying to protect Teeter's real family. That's the mentality of people who just won't yeah. don't want to let something yeah. go. Totally agree. More timelines. So there <laughs> yeah. you go. That is the story of John Teeter. What, what do you think? Krista? Big fat liar. Hoax? It's a hoax. It's a total hoax. <laughs> Yeah, I got to lean towards hoax, too. It just seems like all the evidence kind of points that way. I mean, for every one or two nuggets of information that are at least semi-reliable or at least somewhat positive, you have five or six that are pointing the other direction. I mean, if I would have been there and I would have been able to ask a question, you know, it's like everybody wants to know how the time travel works. But like I was telling you earlier, it's how do you know where you land you know, how yeah, do you, you not go two miles in the he air? He talked about that. Uh, anybody that really is fascinated by this, you can do searches and you can find the entire postings of everything Teeter talked about. He talked about how you have to compensate for the earth spinning and, and all these things. I mean... <laughs> well, I mean, they're spinning. What do you mean? It's, it's flat. Well, you know, <laughs> okay. spinning, spinning like, like a pizza. pizza. The elevator's like, going up pizza too fast. Up in here. Hmm. So you're saying, you're saying hoax? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I mean, you can look back at, at how polarizing of a topic it is where you have movies from the 50s, 60s, you know, talking about time travel to Doctor Who, yeah. Quantum Leap. Well, time even, travel is one of those things that is a uh, everybody is fascinated with. Yeah, I mean, even like Timeless now, a brand new show, I think season two is starting. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, they go back in time and their little round ball thing or whatever it is. Yeah. And... uh even shows that kind of spin off on his talk about civil war. I think revolution. Yeah, revolution kind of because the, it, the revolution were they were split into the United States yeah. was split into five different. So you can kind of see how it's mm-hmm. a mass produced kind of idea where you can make movies and books, and I'm sure there's hundreds of things that I haven't thought of yeah. that talk about time travel and games. You know, so it's definitely something that gets people's interest. But you say hoax. But I say hoax. Krista says hoax. Yeah. Oh, like even like I talked to you about, this was 2000. So we talked about it being 18 years from 2000, 2018 now. And then this is all happening in 2036. Mm-hmm. So that's 18 years from now. Mm-hmm. So would we be able to time travel 18 years from now? I, I doubt, doubt it. it. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> right. And Maybe he was wrong on dates, but that's so far off. Yeah. I'm gonna go with hoax i mean it is it is what? a hoax it is a hoax i there's things about it that i i think are interesting you know mm-hmm. to, to again play devil's advocate some of the stuff he talks about with like you know not tr- trusting the government and 
uh, civil unrest. A lot of the stuff that he's talk talks about seems to have happened since then. But I feel like so it could have been like a different timeline thing where it's happening. The same. It it almost seems to me like the stuff that he is talking about is potentially happening, but it's happening over a longer period of time than he originally said. I just feel like that stuff has been cycling through our world over and over yeah. again. Civil unrest. But you know, he's talking about. I can the, predict he's that talking that's about ten years a nuclear war that happened in 2015. It sounds to me like the stuff that he's talking about is stuff that could potentially happen and is happening over an extended amount of time compared to what he said. It's like some of his stuff is off. Yeah. You know, like there was one thing I didn't talk about in here, but he talked about the the president. He was referring to. Uh, two presidents that ended up being George Bush and ended up being Obama. And he said that the one that was Bush, he quoted as saying, you know, this was a future talk because this hadn't happened yet. He said that that president was seen almost as a modern Lincoln trying to get everybody together. And he said the one that was Obama's term was only interested in maintaining his power. And everybody said it was kind of basically switched around, you know, where Bush was the one that was kind of just wanted to keep the power and Obama was kind of seen as trying to bring people together. So he was like strangely accurate with that. He just had the presidents flipped around. So to me, playing devil's advocate again, because I do think this is a hoax, I think that the stuff that he said is happening, the Civil War, all this stuff is happening the same way that he's saying it's happening. It's just stretched out and taking a longer period of time. Has there That's been just a, devil's advocate. I'm not I mean, saying... Has there been a time where there hasn't been? I mean, obviously the 60s and the 70s. You know, in the and, 80s and 90s, there wasn't a whole lot. But now, I mean, I think that's all more political stuff mm-hmm. and such divisiveness between but, both sides. But, you know, people said he talked about the stuff going on in the Middle East right now, which wasn't going on back then, that it was weird that he called that it was happening. So he was, like, strangely accurate. Well, when was Desert Storm happening? 90? I don't remember. Yeah, it was in the 90s. But he, he did phrase a lot of things that you could take it no matter what way it happened. You could kind of read it as he was correct with the way he phrased stuff. I feel like 20 years from now, he'd still be correct, though, because that stuff's happening somewhere on some level. Maybe not the nuclear stuff, but it's just these are all general things that happen from generation to generation throughout the world. Yeah, I mean, people had talked about like, like what is it, Selma from the 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, now you're going to have your Fergusons from the... 2016s, yeah. whatever it was. I mean, there's cyclical things that are always yeah. going to be happening. You're going to have your world disasters, you know, tornadoes, yeah. floods, well, now tsunamis. We have the internet. It really fuels things like civil unrest. And we're, we're going to see more and more of that, I'm yeah. sure. And that's easy to predict just because we, you know, have seen yep. some of it happening already. So, I just feel like the the a lot of it was kind of vague, and the stuff that was really specific didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, yes, like I said before, you could easily talk about if we wanted to predict something twenty years out. I think we'd be fairly accurate with sure. what we decide if well, we go yeah. geopolitical this, or anything like that. This is a quote from a website. This is kind of what you guys are talking about, and I really like this passage, so I kept this out of it. It's a website called Stranger Dimensions, and they were talking about Teeter, and they said the following, which I actually really like. For an alleged time traveler posting on internet forums in 2000 to 2001, Teeter was surprisingly forward-thinking. Whoever this individual was, he foresaw the renewed conflict in the Middle East, the growing tensions within the U.S., and the arrival of certain scientific breakthroughs. Much of this could have been extrapolated from information already available at the time. Past conflicts, economic foresight, scientific speculation could have all easily led to these. We can often see the world of tomorrow through the lens of today. 
but tomorrow is always changing. Prior to 9-11, I'm not sure how many of us could have envisioned this post-9-11 world, a world which Teeter, despite the failure of most of his predictions, seemed to see very clearly. And I agree with that. I agree with... It's easy for us to dismiss what he said in this time, looking at the world around us, but back then, the stuff he said would have seemed more shocking and surprising, I think. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to wrap up, kind of uh, yeah, so, without I mean, throwing him under the bus, yeah. and without giving him too much yeah. credit that... <laughs> You know, yeah. he, he, a little progressive, you know, but I it, it's just, how... it's fascinating that like the one, the guy that people think was that portrayed Teeter was a computer right. guy. So he knew. And if this were more than one person involved, a collective group of people from different disciplines, all yeah. contributing, you know. Yeah. Well, even at the end there with his family being, his brother being a computer specialist and his, was it his uncle had some. Kind of his nephew was nephew. like with Na- yeah. NASA or something like that. So there's he, definitely smart people in that family. Yeah, there were smart people in the family. And Thanksgiving, it's yeah. like it's talk like about what's going on. You know, it's like I think I've talked about this on here before. I talked about I think I talked about it on the the podcast, the Wyoming incident, that alternate reality game that I played for a little bit. You talked to me about doing an yeah, episode on that so. that oh. we should do. But it was it wasn't. I mean, it was an alternate reality game. It wasn't real. You know, uh, the 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 really quick. Uh, like overview of this is that on YouTube, somebody had a thing posted. It was called the Wyoming incident. And they had a little write up saying that this happened in Wyoming in the eighties. And it was like a news show from the eighties. And all of a sudden it cut out and it started playing this creepy music. And there was this weird writing on the screen and the write up underneath on the video on YouTube went on to say that people that saw this got sick and had nightmares and stuff like that. And I don't remember where it was, but there were a couple of us that were talking about that in some forum somewhere. Then all of a sudden, you know, more people started to come to this and talk about this. And then somebody came in there and said, well, did you guys notice this? Because this linked the YouTube page. And we went there and it was a message board on a website. I think it was called Happy Cube. It was a message board and reading the posts and stuff on there. They didn't come out and say it, but reading the posts on there you started to realize that it was a message board that serial killers were using to talk about killing their victims. Jeez, that sounds like a combination of the and, Max Hedrum yeah. broadcast interruption, the, and cicada, then, the and, cicada thing, yeah, and yeah, the Lake City Quiet Pills. It's like a combination yeah. of all those things. So then everybody's like, well, what the hell is this? We're all talking about this. And then from there, it blossomed into this, all these different things where there was... You know, there were different websites, like weird websites. And then there were there were websites that we went to that were created like 10 years. You could see they were created 10 years ago that tied into this. And everybody's like, you know, what the hell is this? So we're all doing this. And it feels very dark web. It, it got it got to the point where we all kind of realized it was an alternate reality game. Ah. And it got to the end. And basically what it was is that there's a website called Something Awful. And the people on their forum they have like this huge forum where people on there do all sorts of stuff. And this was basically years ago, these guys created just these like, like the serial killer message board. They created that just for fun and had fun with it. And it sat there doing nothing. They created this video, the Wyoming incident that sat there and did nothing. And they noticed that when it started getting attention, they started building off of this and created like this internet, this alternate reality game off of it. And it was actually for a spur of the moment thing. It was really fun. We, people really got into it. People were traveling to different States to, to like retrieve items from woods that were supposedly part of the game. So it was fun, but it basically started 
because these things were just there and these people that created it were like, well, let's just run with this and do something. It's like hunt a killer. Yeah. Yeah. Like but a, in its infancy. Yeah. Souvenir, so I mean, hunt and that, that's basically to me what the John Teeter thing is, is that, you know, these guys, this fam- these, these Habers went on, let's just go on there and do this for the hell of it. So they went on and did this and then it just blew up into something and it got to the point where they started the John Teeter foundation because they figured they could maybe make money off of this selling mm-hmm. the book selling John Teeter merchandise. Hmm. So then it kind of blew up and took a life, you know, of its own. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what, probably in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. You know, the grand scheme that's of things. the most likely explanation. Yeah. But I, I mean, opinion. it's obvious it's a hoax. I mean, it's obvious yeah. that it's a story. But back, I feel like these days, people would be more cynical about it. Back then, the, the internet was relatively new. And I think, I feel like people now would be like, whatever. You know, people would... Probably, you know, uh, what happened to give it a shot and see if it holds, yeah. not thinking it's going to go like this and then it blows up. Yeah. And then you're looking at, well, we can sell this or yeah. movie rights, book rights, yep. and then yep. let's they just figure they it. could get something from it. And since nothing has happened so long, that's when John Teeter II comes through. <laughs> John Teeter II. <laughs> and then John, John Teeter's boss in the army is looking for him. And then, you know, there's Facebook pages for John Teeter where he writes that he's back and he's looking for more items. So now there's just so many people that jumped on the John Teeter bandwagon. Hmm. But the people that are into this are really into this. I mean, you said you know people that completely buy this, that oh, yeah. that that spend time studying this stuff. So it's actually a, a pretty huge thing, considering that not a lot of people I know know about I'd this story. I'd never heard of it until you brought it. But yeah. <laughs> hmm. So we're going to end that. I'm going to say, hoax or not, the teeter story has snowballed over the years, resulting in a countless number of websites discussion groups filled with both teeter fans and teeter debunkers john teeter fan fiction several reported possible john teeter movies and a 2004 john teeter based rock opera <laughs> so and don't forget to pick I, up your john teeter fan fiction on the way out I yeah saw, i'm gonna I saw that web page you had I, up. I, i've been just nonstop john teeter slash fan fiction it's actually a great idea for a movie it is. The, I what, mean, what you know, what is. goes into the hoax, like yeah. the hoax being created. Not. It's. I mean, I think th- people said that you know this is a hoax. People said if this is a hoax, these guys did a really good job of. I mean, all the pictures. Yeah, I mean, the pictures were. I mean, they're not going to knock your socks off, but you still had to go through. You still had to take time to get those pictures, you know, to make the schematics to, you know, make the little insignia that was supposedly his army's insignia. So you had to really invest time into this. It so it was elaborate. I'll give yeah, them that. You know, they gave themselves an out with the whole parallel. You know, divergence. Mm-hmm. Because like one way, causal time travel, I think, is a not. That's a no go. That's a not possibility. You know, you can't do it without the possibility of parallel universes. Right. Well, the whole you back know, to like, the future. Time yeah. Travel. Like if I say. Say randomly, I go back to 2008, like we said, and I do my absolute best not to talk to anybody, not to influence anything. You know, like I could walk out to the sidewalk in front of my apartment, get the mail or whatever, and walk back in. Somebody could be driving by at that time, see me, and be like, hey, that looks like so-and-so that I went to high school with. So they see me, they decide to call their friend they went to high school with. He picks up his phone while he's driving, gets in an accident, wipes out three or four families. It's the butterfly effect. You just created all that. Yeah. You know, we don't realize. It's the butterfly effect. Yeah, totally. we don't realize our everyday existence, what effect that we have 
you know, like the causality of, of what we do, the ripples that go out by that. So I think like one way time travel, like back and forth time travel is just dumb. I don't think that's a possibility. Yeah, I'd, I'd be more likely to believe in like a time slip where you can. Yeah. Time, where it's like a playback, like it's yeah, playing back like a, like currently. a residual haunting that keeps mm-hmm. yeah. like a haunting right. that keeps going over and over. I mean, not like, well, like 11, the Stephen yeah. King, where you yeah. walk into a, uh, was it a closet? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he ended up in Dallas, Texas or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Nothing like that. But yeah, where you can kind of see time slow down and stuff yeah. from the past pop through. I can kind of get on board with that. But not not actual time travel. But not travel point to point or time travel. point to time or yeah. point to area. Yeah. That just seems too hard to, like yeah. you said, to get the speed of the earth in place, uh, geolocate kind of where you want to go, and then make sure you're at a elevation that just seems beyond even 18 years from now. Yeah, because if, if I say I want to time travel to this time tomorrow right here, I'm not going to, you know, I'll be in empty space because the earth will be in a different position. You just want to do that to drink some more of that <laughs> the pickle dill juice. and cucumber <laughs> pickle juice. That wasn't horrible. But yeah, I just, I think it's, it, I mean, it's a hoax. It's yeah. obviously a hoax, but there's so many people out there that don't think it's a hoax, that, that believe this. Well, and we, I, want, we want to hear know, from you. Tell I'm, us what you think and why. I'm like Fox Mulder. I want to believe in this. I think it's fascinating. Well, I think that's the thing is that everybody everybody can get behind it. Yeah, everybody Even wants to believe in it because it's wants to believe that they can time travel. If yeah. you just have time to daydream, think about what you could go back in time and do. Yep, it's fascinating. Yeah. And I'm going to leave the story on this John Teeter quote that I actually really really like. John Teeter said, "My goal is not to be believed. Perhaps I should let you all in on a little secret. No one likes you in the future." This time period is looked at as being full of lazy, self-centered, civically ignorant sheep. Perhaps you should be less concerned about me and more concerned about that. So that is a teeter mic drop. That These is, guys definitely don't think that about their fans, though, or their listeners. No. we Heck we, no, we love you guys. We love you guys. You are not sheep or lazy or <laughs> self-centered. <laughs> we like our strangers. We do. So let us know what you think. John Teeter, yay or nay? Oaks. totally i'm giving it a hoax but there are some things in it that i think are interesting i'm just gonna leave it at that it's still a hoax but yeah you know hoax-ish oh boy (laughs) so guys let us know what you think john teeter yay or nay leave us a question on the uh yeah leave us a question in the thing Corey (laughs) asked us a good question tonight yeah that was a good one but Corey, change, thank you, you for being here. Change your mind and go back and change to what you would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Change it would be a parallel uh, timeline, world line. You know, and I was thinking about this too with this time travel stuff. Say you go back. Say I go back and I stop nine eleven from happening. What's to say that it doesn't trigger another? Yeah. 9/11? What's to say I stop it from happening? You know, we kill the terrorists or whatever and everybody's like rah rah we're the best and that pisses them off even more and they end up detonating a nuclear bomb in new york city killing millions of people who's Mm -hmm. to say that that's not going to happen you know so it's just it's a butterfly effect yeah just stick with doctor who and back to the future and quantum leap and all those good shows totally so let us know what you think you guys time travel john teeter Wearing your underwear on outside your pants. <laughs> Fashion I, statement. I'm going to start wearing my lucky podcasting underwear on outside my pants oh. for the podcast. So, can you wear some pants over your <laughs> pants and your underwear? <laughs> I'll do what I can. We'll get you some snow pants, some yeah. wind pants, and some pants. wind pants, jogging Thanks. pants. 
So thank you, Corey, for yeah. coming and sitting hey, in with us tonight. Thanks, thanks for having me. It was a blast. You got to witness a little bit of the magic. The magic. You got to see the extensive studio. Oh, I can't believe all electronics that's in here. The it's, electronics. It's like a soundstage. <laughs> Corey was surprised that the other room has 50 sound engineers in there yep. Just monitoring this. Just making us sound awesome. Guys were sweating on the electronics. I wasn't yep. sure if it was going to yep. hold up. But <laughs> yep. Guys are just worked to the bone. So it is amazing what we do here. Yep. So thank you, Corey. You are welcome back anytime. Yeah, if there's definitely. ever a topic that you really want to discuss. Thank you. One that you don't think is a hoax. Uh, you're not going to find a topic. No, I'm not, <laughs> not going to find a topic. But thank you guys for listening. We will be back soon. So until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Knechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.